there'd be a lot of poop in my pants. <laughs> Seen a six foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm-hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Welcome back to Cruise of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Clone 34 today. That's all the energy you got? Come on! Yeah, it's been a long day already. Why would you do that? Because uh, you're normally the one dropping stuff, so I want to drop something. Um, I don't hardly drop stuff. You just throw things now. No, it's your phone. 99% of the time it hits the floor. That was season one, me. That's season five, you. That didn't make sense yet. Exactly. You're still dropping stuff. I can tell. Mm. I can hear it next January. Just hitting the ground. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Calm down, Jay Clone, whatever number. 34, I think I said. (laughs) 34. All right. It's not just us in studio today. That's right. Who else do we have? We are joined by a guest today to share the show with us, Kelly. Welcome, Kelly. (laughs) Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, good. How are you? Not too bad. All right. So you have some experiences you're going to come on the show to share today, and we're super excited for it. Sure. Um, I have – do you have any questions, I guess, first? So I try not to read anything because cool. I like to be you know, surprised as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's your – when we have guests on, we let you guys kind of run it. You just tell your encounters, your stories, how you want to tell them, and then uh, – when there's time, we'll ask him questions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right on. All right. Yeah, uh, it's your floor. I'll, okay. I'll just jump into her. Um, I guess the, the first thing was um, it was uh, around 88, 89, somewhere in there. I was about 15-ish, something like that. And me and a friend were uh, we were playing outside in a clearing uh, back in the woods and um which oh by the way it was maybe a couple hundred yards from a a very old cemetery um and we were just you know doing stuff boys do in the woods uh we we had been riding our bikes and we're just uh doing weird stuff out in the woods and uh i just we felt, um, which, you know, I had a friend with me that can corroborate all this, but he, he passed away a few years back. Um, uh, literally it's just short and sweet. Uh, I just felt weird. Like, you know, the, the feeling of somebody's watching me, Mm -hmm. uh, something's going on, you know, 
um, all, you know, the, the full, your hair starts standing up. And this was like, you know, the hair was standing up like all over my body. And I'm like, the heck is going on? You know? So I'm looking up, scanning the, the edge of the woods and I see giant hairy black figure and i'm like you know i what is this um it just super freaky and and the, the thing was just just massive you know i'm not a small guy and this thing was you know at least double my size and i had no context for you know what it was or anything like that um so i'm like so i didn't hear anything come up but it was just completely silent and i don't know how long i've been standing there and or if it had just walked up to the to the the edge of the woods and um so then it was almost like we we had this which i, I didn't really see any like facial features or anything like that but it was almost like we had this so many second long stare down of oh you know, now, now he sees me. So, um, it, there was like a, you know, I don't know how many seconds went by, but we're like looking at each other and it was almost like he had this realization that it sees me now. So, um, it took off crashing through the woods. I mean, it sounded like a, like an elephant going through the woods and it was so fast that it, it was almost like a, like some, like high strangeness to it because it, it, it was, I don't want to put the word woo in there, but it was like mystifying. I, I don't know the, the way that it, it took off and just, it was almost like it vanished in a way, mm -hmm. but it, not too far from where it was standing, maybe a couple hundred yards. It goes down this very large um, hill and uh into a valley and a creek and the thing was you know gone and, and over the hill in no time and i was um you know like running through my head yeah i, I don't even know what just happened so i'm like oh you know i'm seeing something my mind's playing tricks on me i'm, I'm seeing you know something i don't know so, so a few minutes after, I, I go over to the area where it had been standing, and I could see, um, not footprints, but uh, large impressions in the grass where obviously something large had been standing and pushed down all the weeds and stuff. And um, it's, I, I could smell a, a, like a, a foul odor in the air. And that kind of cemented something in my mind, like, wow, you know, something really was there. It wasn't just an imagination in my mind. So I sort of, we didn't really talk about it. Uh, actually, I, I didn't really talk about it for a very long time. But obviously at the time, there was no context for this. I had no idea uh, anything about Sasquatch, Bigfoot, none of that stuff. Uh, I was... You know, this was pre-internet, pre-cell phones. You know, I lived in the middle of nowhere, so we 
we barely even had television. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had zero context of, of what this was. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, you know, put it away in a compartment in my mind. And then fast forward to all the stuff starting to come out, you know, like the, the finding Bigfoot and the, the, uh, all the, all the things that you can, you have at your fingertips now. Um, and once I started seeing all these things, hearing other people's reports, I was like, you know, wow, that's, I got no other explanation to what I saw it had to be, you know, a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I know it wasn't a bear and there's nothing else in the woods that is that large. Um, that's, they can move like that. Um, so like I said, I put it away in my mind for so long and then I started digging up the memories and, and started talking about it. And, uh, with a lot of other like-minded people. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's the gist of that story. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I never felt threatened or like it was going to hurt me or that it was evil in any way. But again, I had no idea what it was, you know, had I known ahead of time, uh, what it was, you know, that might've, I don't know if that would have changed things or not, but, um, haven't really had any other encounters, which I like to say, you know, people are out trying to find Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot found me. So I'm, I'm not really trying to actively, um, go find him again, uh, because I don't know if I want to run into one, uh, in the dark, in the middle of the woods, uh, at some point. Um, but I've heard, you know, I spent a lot of time in the woods over the years. I've, you know, gotten whistles and whoops and tree knocks, uh, but never another sighting. Um, I found what I thought was a, a kill site at one point. Uh, I found this clearing where there was like four or five dead deer carcasses in this one little small area. And I'm like, there's not much else in our woods that would, would do that. You know, we do have coyotes, um, wolves, bears, cougars and the like, but, and, and wild dogs, but, those are pretty rare. Um, and it just didn't seem normal for, for that much deer killing to be in this one spot. Um, but again, I can't attribute that to a Bigfoot. It was just something odd that mm-hmm. I'd seen, like along with the noises that I've heard in the woods. That'd be like um, a, a class C sighting, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else. My sighting was super brief and super um, uneventful, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it cemented, you know, once I found out later, you know, w- what it was, uh, which I, I'm 
certain now that it was a, a Sasquatch, mm-hmm. but um, now it's had me on this this long journey of talking to like-minded folks and going to conferences and watching stuff and uh, listening to podcasts. And uh, I just find it kind of fascinating, I guess. Um, I don't really know what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the mystery. I'm, I'm in the flesh and blood camp. Um, you know, I'm open to, and I'm not saying they can't have a little woo, but, but I'm a flesh and blood guy. Uh, I believe it's a living, breathing creature um, that lives in the woods. Um, that is just much better at bushcraft than we are. Yeah. So um, that's that would explain, you know, everybody's like, why, why haven't we found one, you know? Well, I mean, we probably have, but that's a whole other kind of discussion yeah. with you know, the government hiding things and hiding bodies and confiscating things. and They've never done that. What do you mean? Yeah. So <laughs> the government is good, right? Oh, are you sure? You're right. Yeah, yeah. The government is good. They only do trust, good things. Trust the science. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I was a scientist and I didn't trust the science. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, trust the I, science. Never question it. And that's the way it should that's be. That's the way it should be. That's the t shirt right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. So. I think your encounter is incredible because it highlights certain behaviors that are shown through Sasquatch through history. For you know, we can go back 200 years and look at some of these recorded reports, and we're still seeing these same behaviors experienced. Uh, so my first little comment is like, it got behind you guys without you knowing it was there, but the second it ran away from you, it was making all this noise. It sounded like an like it's an elephant going through the woods, you know, throw you know, stomping and. So that's 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 a common thing that they are deathly quiet, almost surreally quiet, until they don't want to be. Right, and that's right a whole that's a behavior. So to me, it leads that it. I mean, it you know, I fully I'm a big believer that if a Bigfoot wanted to get you, it would get you. Oh sure, you know the Bigfoot didn't want to get you, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here talking to us today. Right, it just wanted, but for some reason, I I believe that especially these wood encounters that they let you see them 99% of the time. You don't sneak up on them. You know, it, it was in a position that allowed you to turn around and see it standing right there. Yeah. And then once it took off, it took off, you know? Mm-hmm. So what was the significance about it wanting to show itself and then show, here's the direction I'm going and I'm being True. all loud, stompy and here's, and I think they do this a lot to get us away from areas. That they either want to scare you away from whatever you were maybe walking towards. They may have young or, you know, a nesting site or something like that. Or they get you to follow them. Uh, I mean, we see that in birds and stuff today, you know, and other primates. And if we think Bigfoot's a primate, that, you know, here here I am. I'm going to make all this noise going down this way. Yeah. So now if you're curious or you're a hunter or a predator, follow me you're going to follow them that way. When you know the offspring could be over that next ridge, or a nesting site, or a food source, or a kill site, mm-hmm. you know something worth protecting. And I think that's why your encounter is very special to me because it highlights some kind of intelligent behavior. We just don't know what the missing pieces were. It had purpose. Right. There was a purpose there, just not. We don't know. Another thing. Oh, sorry. What do you think about that? I mean, I agree. 
Um, I think they're, they get super curious, you know what I mean? About children, especially, and what you're doing. Uh, if you're making happy sounds, it's like wanting to just watch and see what you're doing. It's almost like, uh, studying you mm-hmm. in a way. And I, I think that's kind of what it was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, they do, I mean, they're called the watchers for a reason. They just watch. And how old would you say you were at this time? So, uh, 15-ish. Yeah, so young young kid-ish, you know, running around the woods. Right, yeah. They do, and I'm, once again, I'm talking about every other Bigfoot except the Alaskan Bigfoot. They do just enjoy watching kids. Yeah, it seems like to be a common theme. You know, like you're saying, with the play-in and stuff like that. It, the really famous Ohio one, uh, Doug Waller, that's probably the one that got him started, was the mother Bigfoot that literally walked onto a playground with a mom, human, and three small kids. And this big, humongous Sasquatch just kind of sits down and is watching these kids play. And the kids aren't scared of it, and they're watching it. And, you know, they back all the way up down the road. Their mom freaks out. And then the kids are saying, like, no, you know, she watches. Oh, sorry, technical difficulties. She watches this play all the time. Hmm. And so the kids weren't scared of her because she's always kind of hanging out, this giant Sasquatch. One heck of a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know that you know a dog ain't getting those kids. <laughs> That's true. There's a nine foot, two thousand pound Sasquatch watching over him, but I do think, and whether it's curiosity, general good nature, or they're just bored, and we're entertaining, especially kids, you know, kids throwing sticks in the woods, kids, you know, just you know doing kid stuff. Mm-hmm. It it it's, it might just be entertaining to watch. It's like watching puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're just rolling around and having fun, but it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. What do you think <laughs> about all that? It's it's kind of like their their television, mm-hmm. you right, know. Exactly, it's entertainment. Yeah, I agree right. with it. What uh, what state is this in again? Um, we're in uh, Ohio. Okay, it is Ohio. Okay, that's awesome because it does. I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, we're in the uh, the Hawking Hills area. Okay, if you will. Gotcha. Okay. There's a lot. Oh my gosh, a lot of Bigfoot down there. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stories and and was this the first time like in that experience when you were 15? Was that the first time you ever felt like off or felt weird and, you know, had the hair stand up when you were in the woods? Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Uh, yes. Uh, well, maybe one other time. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, Sasquatch related. I heard a, uh, whatever you want to call it, a bobcat or a mountain lion. Yeah. Do it. Uh, scream, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the woods that I was in. And that is extremely unnerving. Yes. Uh, because 
99% of the time you will not see them, but they're watching you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the sounds they can make are like primeval. Uh, yeah, like check your drawers kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you know it's close, you know it's watching you, but you don't know where it is. Right, exactly. Cats are about as scary as they come. Yeah. I'd rather deal with a Bigfoot again than a cat any day. I think I would too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had also. So it's, it's, it, here's the thing is when I had my Bigfoot encounter, my dad and my brother had it with me. We never talked about it either. We've had other people on the show that never talked about it until like stuff like Finding Bigfoot and stuff like that. Because that's the same. It's funny enough you said that because it's the same show that brought us to sitting there one day and talking about it again, like four years later, five years later. And it's just kind of like we all wanted it to go away. We all wanted the we wanted the genie back in the bottle. We didn't want the mysteries to be right, you know, standing right in front of us. But I think that's a very common, at least U.S. reaction, whether it's a human reaction or not, that we kind of give them, I guess mystique would be the the correct word, mm-hmm. this almost magic or legendary status. And whether they're an animal or not, you know, I'm, I'm in the flesh and blood camp as well. But, you know, whether they're an animal or not, we give them that legendary, that monster, the myth status. So when there's a myth standing 10 feet from you, flesh and blood looking at you, that shatters your world, you know? And so it it, does. it's your brain, may, that may be your brain trying to be like, okay, no, didn't happen. Let's <laughs> yeah. not talk about it. Let's not, you know, I, we have to, we have to go back to work. We have to right. eat. We have to function in society. You file it to the back and deal yeah. with it later. And then it, so people were generally, and we've met both, they go of two well, ways. So, some people never recover exactly. from Something like that. We've met both styles of people. Some people do like what we are doing. That that, you know, you want to, you want more answers. You want to look into it more. You want to, you know, talk to people about it. Or the other people where they just they snap, like they Mm -hmm. don't, you know, shut down completely, pretty much. Yeah, and it it destroys them. Some, I mean, there's high, you know, there's ends where they literally don't ever like talk again and stuff like that. You got to have that play that sound effect. You know, like when a Windows PC shuts down. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know what. You know, there's there's so many theories. Uh, could it be you know a gigantopithecus or something like that? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it be, um, you know, uh, the Nephilim or uh, some other you know giants spoken of in the Bible? Maybe. Sure. Um, or you know, we have bones of giants. Mm-hmm. You know that we've proven. You know, science. Uh, has we we found gigantic bones um so obviously it's totally possible um you know but you know i I don't necessarily agree with you know and i don't even know if killing one would do anything because is it going to get confiscated mysteriously Um, it's going to disappear um so, I mean, I don't know if that would necessarily do any good. I mean, obviously, if we had a body for study by science, um, sure, that would that would prove to some degree. But I don't know if we could make it to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a body, um, words are going to get out. And, you know, how far is that body going to make it, uh, I guess, would be the next thing. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I fully agree with you that. I mean, 
the first person obviously I would try to get a hold of would be if you found one would be you know like Cliff or Dr. Meldrum, which prayers for prayers him for by the way. Prayers uh, for Meldrum. Prayers for Dr. Meldrum. Um, I've heard through the grapevine that he's okay. Yes. Uh, I hope that's true. Um, uh, cause he is, uh, a giant in this field, um, who literally risked his entire career, mm-hmm. uh, to, to do what he's doing. Um, you know, obviously in his predecessor, uh, Grover Krantz, um, same thing. Um, you know, I hope he's doing well, but th- those would be the people you would want to contact first. Uh, don't let any, you know, any, any government type right. or, or scientific kind of person let know about it, you know. Stay away from black suits and lab coats. Yeah. Yeah. I you you want, you want, yeah, you want <laughs> Dr. Meldrum or Cliff or Dr. Jones or somebody of that, that stature um, to, help you with the next steps or cryptids of the corn podcast i'll tell you this <laughs> or yeah I, know, I don't know if you'd be the first person i call but <laughs> what but you, you'll be on the list okay uh, okay okay i here's if anybody ever does end up with a whole sasquatch body yes whether it's a trucker as i fully oh. believe who's going to get one is a trucker what do you, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where you're going with i've this. heard many stories of uh sasquatch being hit by semis mm-hmm. and the body laying alongside the road whether living or dead and uh, said body disappears. Oh, yeah, um, it is it. confiscated mysteriously by the Cut by the, the black SUV people, you know, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. So here's what I'll tell everybody: if you end up with a whole Sasquatch, you cut off the head and arms and the legs, and immediately disperse them. Oh boy! I'm not, I'm not joking. You get the body into big chunks and separate it. Sounds like a murder scene. Well, if you don't want it to get taken, and I mean confiscated, yeah, you literally have to do that. Where you pack it on dry ice if you need to, hide it, drive around, whatever you got to do to separate large chunks. I'm not like talking about fingers and stuff like that, right? You know, whole organ sets or whole body sets. You know, an arm and you know, an arm is proof, a leg is proof, and you have musculature and you have, you know, it's not one single femur bone, right? You know, it's a whole section, and then the, the torso. And then that way, if you do, because you will, it will get confiscated. I'm a big believer in that. That way, you it was a chance. <laughs> like the lady that had the, oh, what was it? I can't even remember. She had something, and they all took it away. And she, that's how the only reason she yeah, had proof that she even had it at the beginning. Was it was there? a fossil. It was. Uh, it wasn't sued the T Rex. It was another lady mm-hmm. with another dinosaur. Uh, the government took her dinosaur away, mm-hmm. and the only reason, the only proof she had is she took some of the vertebrae out and hid them. And so she had missing pieces to their to, right. the, to their to the exact animal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you ever, if anybody, if you're hearing this, and you just smoked a Sasquatch <laughs> at two a.m., get the hacksaw out, mail us an arm, mail Meldrum a leg. He would uh, greatly appreciate a foot. And then I'll take the head and make a yeah. Halloween mask out of it. And then I think you better have something better than a hacksaw with you because that's a big you're gonna be you're gonna be cutting for a while and you're gonna be worn out. Get a zolzol. A little scroll saw that take forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little pocket knife. Not happening. We're lucky. Right. Leatherface, the truck driver, will be the one that hits him. You have all the tools in the back. Yeah, he's like, I actually have everything for this. <laughs> he's listening right Then if now. you want to bury the different parts in different places, then then you gotta dig holes. I mean it's you right. know. It's You're a looking process. at a, a marathon. 
It's a process. You gotta work quick. Just yeah. Hopefully you don't get pulled over and they're like, "Uh, what were you doing here? I, I was looking for a Sasquatch." It looks like you're committing a murder, sir. Remember, all of our listeners, if you do hit a Sasquatch, our contact number is on the website. Me and Jay will go drive out there, right then and there. We'll end up disappeared in the for the government with you <laughs> for a Sasquatch body. Yeah. yeah, I can see you showing up in the town head to toe covered in blood. Like how quickly something will happen to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been there, done that. Pulling in the gas station, get a pop. Covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. It's a long night. Yeah. Yeah. Been a long night. You got any espresso? We got a six hour drive. Gosh. We're hand delivering this to Meldrum. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, okay, there's your everybody's uh, the deer thing. Now, get back on track. Oh, yes. So, the pile of deer, it's weird that you mentioned that. Where was that at, kind of, roughly? Was it out in the um, middle of the woods? Was it near a road? Only a couple miles from my sighting. Really? And many moons later. We're okay. talking 30 years later, almost. Okay. Now, did they look like they were scavenged roadkill they look like they were kills or deer shots or anything like that i mean they there wasn't a whole lot left okay so uh, i mean as far like flesh wise yeah uh mostly bone okay some flesh but it looked like they'd been ripped apart to me hmm. i mean you know uh i i you know i i had pictures of it and i had shown some people and they kind of yeah, you know, without a sighting or without any, right. you know, real evidence or anything, it was just kind of poo-pooed. I just thought it was strange um, because what do we have that would, you know, um, be catching that many deer, taking them to the same spot and to where there's literally a tiny theater, a field full of uh, deer bones and, and parts uh, there's not much out there that would be doing that. Right. So I have a thought. Uh, actually, here in Hardin County, where we're located, uh, the road crew got in trouble because what they do is they collect all the roadkill deer. And they most of the time they just put it back in the woods somewhere. Mm. Uh, and they'll put like, you know, four or five, six of them together. And that way they'll let the scavengers kind of take care of the rest. Uh, our road crew, though got in trouble because they did like 30 of them in one spot good night uh so the scavengers just couldn't handle it so a big rain happened and near where we were turkey hunting the little creek had like i found i think 15 bloated deer corpses oh like in 10 20 feet oh so i start calling the dnr and everything like that saying you know i don't know what's going on it's just all these deer are, are bloated and dead and everything and they had already kind of known, like that that crew had already gotten in trouble. Mm. So they called and told. They just were were like, "Hey, yeah, don't worry about it. We're already, we it's kn- already on our radar." But we thank know you the, for calling. Yeah, we know the culprits. Yeah, and they were trying to keep it, you know, kind of hush hush. And hmm. then I have a loud mouth, so that didn't work. Way to go! Well, no, it's their. They got them out of the creek. Well, I guess the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. But no, so that did happen in our county. But they are supposed to do that in like smaller piles, like you know, four, five, six deer. Because, you know, raccoons and coyotes, especially, and vultures can handle that number of corpses versus, like, 30. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. That's just a thought. I just know I've seen that because uh, that was uh, that's what they do, or at least our part of Ohio, northern Ohio, mm. is they have a couple woods that get permission. And a lot of those guys coyote hunt anyway, so they'll, you know, they kind of uh, have stock, a pile. That they, stock their own woods. They want to hunt. Yeah, makes sense. It's good thinking, though. Oh, I mean, if you're, I mean, you got to do something with the corpses. Right, yeah. They don't render them or nothing. They used to, like, uh, render them. Which means? Turn them into product. Mm, okay. Like dog food or that kind of stuff. Uh, but they got away with that practice, like, years and years ago. Hmm, okay. You have any questions? Uh, I mean, not right now, no. We're still doing good, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting, it's, it's fun, like, hearing stories, you know, Going back to your youth or something, then and just makes you you know wonder what if, and then as you get older, you can kind of reflect back on things and realize, okay, you know this is maybe what happened back then. It's just it, those kind of stories are always interesting to experience and go through, not just personally like through, through yourself, but hearing them from other people. It's always enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I think like like you you touched on earlier. Um, I think finding Bigfoot it's a bad rap. Um, sure. Um, for the most part, they, they were not in control of what content was put out there. Obviously they had producers, people behind the scenes that decided what they were going to show, what they were going to do because mm -hmm. it is a television show. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, look at all the people that have, now know you know what the heck you know a, a bigfoot is or or have come forth with stories or um i you know feel more more comfortable talking about it and and actually you know going into like conferences and actually getting to to talk to them personally um uh which cliff does like everything under the sun i think yeah. um he's the everything i ever go to like yeah. all and it's like a list of people and Cliff um, right. at pretty much everything ever. <laughs> um, so he's a, a very busy man, and I know he's super boots on the ground. Uh, he's investigating several cases right now, um, like you know, and you know I know Bobo has kind of gotten out of um, the public eye somewhat. He's still in the field, but. And of course, of course, you had Renee, the skeptical scientist, which you got to have that. Mm -hmm. um, you can't ever say something is 100% because we don't know. You know right. what I mean? You need uh, someone. You have to push Matt, back. you know, you got Matt. Uh, like him or not, um, he's one of the best there is at, at what he does. And, uh, you know, I think it, some people were like, well, it really set, kind of made it almost comical and like set the research back. But, but I think the opposite. I think um, it pushed everything forward uh, in a big way. Um, so many accounts have come forward from this, especially in my area of Ohio. You know, Matt, the whole thing started here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Matt got the, uh, the Ohio how, um, you know, the grass man. Uh, and uh, he still comes back here, you know, occasionally and does things in Ohio. Uh, and, it, you know, it led him to form the BFRO. Um, so 
I think uh, they had a tremendous impact in this in this field. Yeah, no, and that's the thing with the uh, the Finding Bigfoot show is that it is a TV show. You're 100 percent right, but they're real people with real interest in the subject that have done real work, mm-hmm. and you meet them like they cut them on the show to make them look, you know, a certain way and stuff like that. I, we've met them all. We've hung out with them all. Renee tackled me at Ohio Bigfoot this past year. <laughs> uh, they're great. Yeah, people. I was there. I didn't see the tackle, but oh, she's so but, I, but I was there. Uh, but they are they are real people, and they do uh, they genuinely do a lot of work. And if you hear them, they talk about the show. Is that like the witnesses are real, the locations are real, right? And then they have to play up, you know, every noise yeah. they hear in the woods, and you know, because like you were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. the producer, there's something on the hill, it's a TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know if they if they did it like a real BFR investigation, a BFRO investigation, you know it'd be forty episodes long, and then they'd have a whoop or a tree right. knock, and then it's like yes. But they might actually get to see something if they did it like a real BFRO. They might actually capture something. Yeah, but it's going to take forty or fifty episodes to get there. I, I, People I, don't have. It's like the the real ghost I, hunt. I think they're well beyond that at this point, aren't they? So I'm saying. People, it wouldn't have got that far. I know, right. People wouldn't have got hooked. Right, yeah. Exactly. When Bigfoot's always right off camera, or Bigfoot, it's like why Mountain Monsters, and we love the Mountain Monsters guys too. Yeah. That's why Mountain Monsters got so popular, is because they never once showed a monster, <laughs> but it's always right there. It's always just off of frame. I think they caught one once and it escaped. No, I think they in, they uh, made it a member of the team, and its name's Wild Bill. <laughs> That's the thing with uh, like Mountain Monsters. Obviously, that was. Uh... I don't know. Very extravagant. Uh, like I don't. I don't know. It was just not, not very believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But again, TV show. Yeah. Uh, if you meet the guys, especially Wild Bill, which I think he's at everything too. Yep. Um, every time you turn around, there's Wild Bill, and he even shows up to stuff he's not advertised for. He just randomly shows up to yes. stuff. Uh, there he is. Um, He's the most genuine dude ever. Um, he is a solid, good guy. And uh, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, a lot of the stuff they had on their show obviously was just written to be television. Uh, but um, really solid guys. Um, and, and I think most most of the shows you see now, or, or since finding Bigfoot is just a copy of yeah. finding Bigfoot. Right. It yep. might be more modern. It might be more, um, done in like a little bit of a different way, mm-hmm. but that, that sort of set the bar. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of like that since then. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that it definitely, but it made the word finding Bigfoot made the word Bigfoot, not a dirty word anymore. Yeah. I really True. think that was the first big show. The first big thing, you know, Harry and the Hendersons did it way back in the day a little bit, you know, made Bigfoot kind of fun. But Finding Bigfoot, the show, kind of, you know, aired, it started on Animal Planet and stuff like that. It just showed that there were people that taken the subject seriously. So if you were people like us that had an encounter and you didn't talk about it, and now you see like, no, there's other people. Actually, a lot of people that take this seriously. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. There's. These people all over the world that have encounters, these people all over, you know, that are taking the subject very seriously. And I think 
That's probably the biggest credit for finding Bigfoot to me is that it made the word Bigfoot not a dirty word. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Uh, Kelly, you got anything else for us? Nothing really. Um, I think that's about it for me. Well, we appreciate you coming on. It was great. Yeah, definitely glad you shared your story with us. Yes, and we'll see you. Actually, when this comes out, we'll see you this weekend at the Hocking Hills Bigfoot Conference. Yep, coming up here, what, a couple weeks, yep. I think? Yep. yep. Uh, for everybody listening to this, it'll be like in four days. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, well, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, B Mills puts that on. It's a charity event. Everybody come out, spend some money for charity. Uh, it's a great event. I love it because it's a smaller event with high-end people. Yeah. You know, you're still getting all the big names and Bigfoot and all that stuff. Uh, they got a great speaker roster this year. <clears throat> Yours truly will be speaking. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just, it's it's always fun. B, every, anything B touches turns to gold because she genuinely cares about the community and about Bigfoot. And it's a charity event. Come spend some money for charity. And, yeah, the, the festival was huge. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, because outdoor, you can, you can do that. Um, I couldn't you imagine You can get the, the tens of thousands of people. Right. Um, but obviously, that has drawbacks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus you're outside, uh, yeah. which can get sketchy. But if it's like 100 degrees, but uh, yeah, the the conference has always been pretty cool. Uh, B is uh, pretty special. Yeah, um, she's really uh, moved uh, the field along. I mean, she was Big Footer of the Year a yes. uh, couple years ago, or several probably 19, by I now. Think. Uh, whatever year it was. Um, but yeah, she's, she's good people and, uh, everybody should come check it out, especially because of the um, good speakers they're going to have, uh, you know, sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. (laughs) My lungs are still weak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I was trying to get, um, Sasquatch. I just talked to uh, Michael Cook uh, about a week or so ago. Um, he's doing a, a new book. So shout out to Michael. Mm, uh, he's man. doing a new book, and I was talking to him. But he's unfortunately already booked somewhere else, so he won't be coming out. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see who shows up and who doesn't. Right, yeah. it's always. But everybody fun. should put it on their calendar. What was it? It was, uh, oh, it was Jeff. It was Carpenter. Okay. Remember, he kept quizzing me on facts. Oh, yes. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. Gosh, that at was like last three year. in the morning. And I just was rattling, my, rattling off like an encyclopedia. And he yeah. just, he was getting the biggest kick out of it. He was enjoying it. I could barely stand. Yeah. All right, Kelly, you know how we like to end this. On the count of three, we're all going to scream by. Uh, the outro will play, and then we'll talk to you after the outro. You ready? Yep. All right. Three. Two, one, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash com. And don't forget, stay magical.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.